Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, welcome again. We got a new face here today. We'll talk about him in a minute. <laughs> we'll talk about him. <laughs> we'll get to him in a minute. We'll get to yeah. him in a minute. <laughs> you and I get to go to a play tonight. We do. Yeah, we're, we're coming here to the, ch- the church to see the odd couple. The odd couple. No, well, the female version. It's still the odd couple. Still the odd couple. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people today don't remember the 70s TV series, The Odd Couple, right. and so they think it might be something else that's happening here right. play-wise, but it's just but the it's old not. school 70s <laughs> Oscar and Felix. You know what it reminds remains. me of when I walk in and see the stage? It reminds me of Three's Company. I mean, when it's cleaned up, when the, the liquor bottles aren't there and the <laughs> naked <laughs> men aren't on the wall. It looks like... Uh, what, what Three's Company did you watch? No, when those aren't there, like minus those components, okay. never mind. That's what it reminds me of. So like Sunday when it was all cleaned up and we did church here, it looked like Three's Company, man. You guys remember that, right? I do, yeah. Coming, coming minus the liquor bottles and minus, naked. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was, yeah. their apartment was clean, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. See, Ryan got it. I don't know why you got it. I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to let him go for I now. just remember Mr. Roper. <laughs> Mr. Roper, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't fly today, I don't think. No. In a lot of ways, yeah. probably. Weren't there two Mr. Ropers? Like, two different people that played yeah. Mr. Roper? I think Stanley. so. Don Knotts and whoever the other guy was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Don Knotts was in that. Yeah. yeah. That's weird, dude. He wow. was the better of the two Mr. Ropers, I think. Well, Stanley was the other one. Husband and wife. Never mind. Okay. What Never are we going to talk about? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about 70 sitcoms today. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So. <laughs> um, women are going away, right? That's tomorrow. Actually, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> women have a woman. You want to invite all the women of the church? No. To something I did, I did it last it week, dude. It was awesome. <laughs> How come they couldn't come? Like, there's still a week left. That they filled all the slots. That's why we didn't announce it. See? Okay. It was awesome. It was, it was vintage day, but he just invites all the women. Any women that still want to come, it's not too late. And he looks over at his wife and he goes, oh, never mind. Yeah, it's, 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 too it's too late. late. <laughs> you can't come. I, I just that. didn't understand why. Like, I, I still a week left. Yeah. You entertained me. So well, yeah, let that be a lesson to sign up early next yeah. time. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Cool. Um, we're going to talk. Uh, actually, we got we got Mr. Ryan Couch here. He's a buddy of ours. Been a friend for a long time. Um, he's been here. Actually, if you've been part of the door for a while, you probably maybe have been here to see him preach a couple times over the last few years. Um, but anyway, I know you guys, your relationship goes way back, right? Right. In fact, did we yeah. meet you through mm-hmm. chat? Yeah. That's how it worked out? Yeah. Okay. That's how we got connected. Okay. There you go. And you guys were at a Calvary Chapel together mm-hmm. in yeah. Prineville. Prineville. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. And then you both jumped ship. You were like, I'm, I'm over this. Right. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> and you ended up in Colorado. I did. Tell us a little bit about just yourself, because you're a church planner, pastor. Yeah. yeah. I'm not very good at talking about myself. Yes, um, you are. I am. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, I uh, planted churches in the past. Um, have some seminary education and uh, business owner, husband, dad. Nice. That's it. Short and sweet can, to the point. You That's can plug it. your business if you want to. That's okay here. Uh, <laughs> in, case, in case people want to know. Actually, sure. yeah. 
Tell yeah, them. I own a local produce business called The Vegetable Man. Ching-ching. So, yeah. seasonal, we do produce in the summer, Christmas trees in the Christmas season. And it's hopping. Like, it's a pretty successful stand, Yeah, I would say. Yeah, so. it, it's, it's very busy. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Very cool. So you're not currently pastoring or planting a church, but you've been more the last couple years with your education. Yep. Cool. Yep. For and for what intents and purposes, man? We keep trying to ask him what do you what are you doing with all this? So. Yeah, I don't know. People ask me that. I don't know that I have a great answer. It's just something I wanted to do. Sure. Um, and you know, I I've enjoyed it, and it's it's been good experience. Cool. So right. we'll see what the future holds with it. And are, would you consider yourself a Lutheran, Ryan? Yeah, you know I've actually never officially been a member of a Lutheran church. Yeah. Um, theologically, I've been a Lutheran for for quite some time now. So if we keep attracting Lutherans, does that make us? <laughs> what does that mean? Not until we come out, like yeah. you just did. You, know, you, have, you have to publicly state it. Okay. And if we haven't, you know, yeah. we haven't done that. We yet, got. So. You, yeah. We got rid of the vicar. We need frocks. So. <laughs> yeah. Frocks. The vicar's coming back today, though. So. He is, actually, yeah. on his way back from Mexico. Yeah. Oh, he is coming back today? Yeah. yeah. He texted me yesterday saying his cars are at my house, and he texted me saying, I'm coming to get my cars tomorrow. Oh, okay, cool. Right on. Today. All right. So we're getting him back. Yeah. So Anyway, it's good to have you here, Ryan. Thank Part you. of the reason we have Ryan here is uh, because of what we're talking about, actually, and this is this guy's wheelhouse. And we're going to talk today a little bit about law and gospel. And um, uh, we went through Galatians when maybe <coughs> when was that? It was you guys. a couple years ago. Oh, you did, you guys didn't go yeah, through that was Galatians. You and me. That was just I think, us. I think when we first started when we first planted the vine. vine. So, so maybe like two years. years. It was right two pre-COVID maybe. I got left out. We yeah. went through Galatians and and it was it was basically to deal with this subject right. and to make a distinction um, because it's helpful for there to be a distinction. So we're gonna have a conversation about that today. I'm gonna start by just reading a small bit of Galatians before we jump into this. Uh, let's go with verse 6 of chapter 1. Paul says, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but that there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Uh, as we have said before, so I now I say again, if anyone's preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be um, a curse. And so, like, we all know that there's, like, this epidemic that's been in the church, like, since the beginning of the church, <laughs> right? Um, it's not new. Uh, it's something that's old. It's not the word faith gospel. It's not the prosperity gospel. And yet, like those, it's not the gospel at all. And yet it masquerades as the gospel. Um and it still plagues like way too many pulpits and way too many churches um, to this day. Uh, what is this gospel, this false gospel? <laughs> I would say it's a gospel of works. Is that what we're going for? Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. All right. And, and it can be called lots of things, right? So yeah. like uh, we, we call it, I think, moralism is mm-hmm. what it can be called. Um, or works or do-goodism is one of my, yeah. my favorites. That's just fun to say. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> do-goodism. Uh, but basically, it's it's basically a law-based uh, gospel. Is I would say it, the reason it's so prevalent, maybe you're going to ask this, is it, it's, it makes sense to us. 
Um, it's what it's sure. what our flesh wants. It's what makes sense to us. It's like if I want to to please God, then I've got steps that I've got to go through, hoops I've got to jump through. And being raised Catholic, that was my normal mindset. Yeah. Like if I want God to be happy with me, I have to produce all this stuff. If I have any chance of that happening, and hope that at the end of all of that, He's He's happy enough to you know, like you know accept me. And so that was kind of that. That's I think what makes sense to us. For sure. And I and I am going to ask that for sure. But it is it, it's basically the basis of every other relationship that we have too. Like right. there, there's always kind of an earning or a there's keeping. A transaction. Or, yeah, there's transactional nature. Exactly. Um, there's there's something that needs to be done to get a, a certain response or right. an acceptance or whatever we want to call it. So we'll definitely get to why it's so appealing okay. uh, to us for sure. First off, what is the law? Why was it given? And have fun. <laughs> Go crazy. Yeah. I mean, what was the law? Why was it given? I mean, one, one reason the law, I think, was given was just, just to show us our failings, our shortcomings, that, that we can't measure up to God's standard. Mm -hmm. So it's a schoolmaster? <laughs> schoolmaster. Yeah. Out of all the verses, that's the one verse that I wrote down was like, that's as good what as is Galatians, Galatians 3? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, do you want to add to that? You can do the second. I'll do the third one. Okay. Uh, well, I think the simple definition is that the law is a command. You know, yeah. whenever we see something that's telling us what to do, mm -hmm. then then we're hearing the law. Um, you know, Romans three twenty talks about how the law basically magnifies our sin. Right. So that that's really the purpose of the law. Mm -hmm. It shows us our sin. Um, James makes it pretty clear that it doesn't really do much uh, to to help us overcome it. Right. Certainly can't forgive it. And then uh, does it help us to actually overcome it? Mm -hmm. You know that that might be the uh, the the rub. Right. Sure. Right. Right. And and what uh, maybe leads to a lot of the sort of do goodism moralism is. What does the Christian life look like, mm -hmm. right? Because you know, like I, I like to say, I mean, probably talk to most pastors of, of any denomination that's not completely off the rails, and you you knock on their door on a Tuesday afternoon and ask them how is one saved, you're probably going to get fairly similar answers. We might push them on some some things, sure, but most uh, Christian pastors are probably going to be able to uh, tell someone how to uh, to come to know Christ, sure. right? But then uh, then it can sort of quickly go off the rails in terms of what does the Christian life look like or how does the law and the gospel work itself out right. in the life of a Christian. Right, right. So the, the law was given to, and when we say law, what does that include? Or what are we talking about? Are we talking about Ten Commandments or are we talking about... Yeah, the gazillion I, I think, that followed. I, I, I think you can you can talk yes. about the ceremony law, the civil law, that yeah. you know, um, the, the, the mosaic law. But um, but there's always been commands by God to His people. Sure. Um, yeah. That, that have always existed. So so sure. you could you could even just boil it down to to that if you wanted to. Yeah. There's also another sense that we didn't talk about, it, and that's the idea that it restrains evil. Yes. Um, right. that, that God has put the law in place, um, and we, we we are thankful for that. You know, yes. it does restrain. You talked about that actually in your sermon on, right. on Sunday, but it's a restrainer. Yeah. which men uh, need that. Right. We do need Restraint's it. Restraint's a good thing. For it us, lets so. us play in the sandbox together. Yeah. Like, right. without <laughs> completely murdering each other. I was going to say, not kill each other. other. Yeah. yeah, not <laughs> kill each other. So, yeah. uh, I think, it, yeah, it's, it was Galatians 3, I think 23, which says, Before faith came, 
we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming of faith could be revealed. So then the law was our guardian or schoolmaster until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. And then he goes on to now that faith has come. But that guardian or schoolmaster idea is everything you guys are talking about. It was there to show us what sin looks like yeah, right. because we're staring at perfection. Right. <laughs> which, which makes, you know, reveals our deficit. But it's also there to keep us from maybe being as bad as we could be yeah just in the sense of that we that we do have some kind of a baseline of righteousness and right. you know something that we can try to reach for even though we can't give us, it. Give sure. us some bumpers on the bowling lane there you go bumpers to, on the to, to on keep, the on the bowling lane exactly there's like a political or horizontal use of the law mm -hmm. it's like what you're talking about or like, civil use or whatever a civil yeah. use yeah, yeah. and it, it you know, restrains evil, keeps mm -hmm. anarchy <clears throat> at bay, right? Uh, and and it does a good job of it. I mean, by and large, even in maybe a culture that we think is is a little bit, uh, you know, going sideways, we we still don't have uh, you know people being gunned down in the streets, you know, too often, or you know, uh, crime is is still something that we would say is not uh, typical, sure. right? We don't see it in our sure. everyday life. Right. Um, and part of right. that's because we live in this wonderful <laughs> right. area, right? right. But that, it is. It seems to be ramping up. Lawlessness does seem to be kind of... Sure, right. Um, <clears throat> go about 170 yeah. miles north of here. It's a different story. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, even as I was saying that, I, I'm trying... You know what I mean. You're right, yeah. though. Like, like if it wasn't there, <clears throat> like we can imagine... Ex, like how exponentially worse it would be. Well, right. and we've right. even, I mean, this even plays into that because yeah. the, the places where we've seen a lawlessness increase, you've kind of seen this this movement to defund police and to get rid of some of this stuff. And you sure. know that this is the a problem. And now that they've removed some of that, you're starting to see what sure. what it actually gained us. Sure. Right. And so we you know we need that. Sure. Um, I've always needed it in my life, and that's what parents do when you're a kid. They right. give you some boundaries, and you know if we don't have that all the way up. Thank God that he's placed those things in our lives. Yeah. Right. And and the law, of course, that we're given, we're correlating. I mean, we're talking civilly, but like if we were to, you know, bring that over a little farther, the Bible really uses it that way also spiritually. So it actually does help us share the earth together yeah. without being as bad as we could be. But really what we're talking about is a spiritual deficit uh, and, and, and we're needing to be shown or what the law really does is it shows us what sin looks like by showing us what righteousness looks like. Um, and then that, that's the dilemma, but it's also what kind of keeps us um, with a knowledge of a problem and a need for a solution. So um, now we will go to the question, what is it about the law that is so darn attractive to us, that is so appealing? I'm not a Jew. I don't think you guys are Jews. We're Gentiles, but there's still this thing in us, and we started hitting on it, and maybe we can just explore it a little more. There's this thing in us that gets rewarded, that, that feels rewarded, that feels gratified, maybe sure. I'm answering it myself, by, by doing something that earns us something. Mm -hmm. so, well, I think we, we can quantify the law. <clears throat> so we can say, here's, here's the law, here's, like, I, I did this, and I've done that, and I've obeyed that, right. I've stayed true to that, right. and we can pat ourselves on the back saying, I've, like, I've done a good job, or at least I've done better than you, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, so we can kind of quantify it <laughs> in some sense. Not, not you personally, but I, I know, you know the, I'm better than the next guy. You know? two, two hands, right? <laughs> if I was trying to compare myself at this table, I'd point to myself too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the law uh, leaves us in control. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, 
as as much as we are still sinners, <clears throat> we're still addicted to the law, and we need the law because the law does show us our sin. But when we don't rightfully understand the law and its limitations, what mm-hmm. it what it does and what it doesn't do, uh, the sinner hears the law and he hears a prescription, right? Sure. He hears a prescription for how to live a better life, uh, for how to please God, right? right? So it's it's kind of like coach drawing up a play. That's how we, we hear the law, like here's something for me to do. I'm in control of this, and if I do this, then I get this. It's sure. an if-then kind of <coughs> paradigm, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, whereas the new man in Christ, when he hears the law, he hears a de- description of what Christ has already accomplished on his behalf. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a different way of hearing the law, um, you know, and as, as sinners, we still... Uh, hear the law in a way that gives us something to do, and and I think that's why we like it. Sure, for sure. Until we try to do it, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 where the problem <laughs> right. lies. Is that it sounds great, right? Uh, like okay, you've given me a clear you know play. You know, coaches run up a play right. for me to follow, right? And it sounds great until I try to do it, yeah. and that's what I think Paul describes in in Romans seven, is yeah. an attempt at trying to to live by the law and to please God, and and it's frustrating because mm-hmm. I stink at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. What a most, since you brought that up, it's true that most of us will look at the law, know that it's something we can't even do, but we'll attempt to do it anyway. How, how do we, why? Like, why do we buy into... What's, what's the, the alternative doesn't make sense to us? It's partly, or what makes us think that we're actually making, breaking any ground or like doing any good by doing it? Why do we keep right. returning Because to we can it? look at some, probably do it better than somebody else. Right, right. I'm going right. to go back to that. Like, I can probably find somebody to look at to say, right. okay... I'm doing it better, you know, than, than another person. Sure, sure. To make me feel good about myself. Or we we generalize or grade on a curve. I'm thinking of myself right. and my attempts to to go back there and do it is like, um, well, I, I I succeeded at at pulling this off more than I failed at it. So, right. um, you know, God's going to be good on on that. And of course, it's all self focused right. at the end of the What's day. What's that? So. You probably know this that country song that not as good as I once was, but oh yeah, not as bad as I'll ever be, or, or right. something like that. Like we kind of look at that. And sure. You know, like yeah. I'm better than I used to be. Like I've made some progress. There you go. I'm, you know. Exactly. I still I'm not who I should be, but I'm not who I used to be. Kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there's and, some measurable progress. There you go. Right. Which That's, is the quantifying. That, right. Yeah. That we're talking about. Uh. What's the gospel and why was it given? Anybody? Well, well we're all quiet. I mean, we, we, uh, I, mean I was, uh, you know, I, I talk too much in this. I think I mean, we're all looking for Ryan. Like, come on, Ryan. Yes, well, <laughs> I mean, if the law is a command, yep. then the gospel is a promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's if, exactly what's in Galatians three. So, if if the law shows us our sin, mm-hmm. then the gospel shows us our savior. Right. So that there's a an easy way to um, to kind of put that into ways that you can understand or, or remember. Um, you know, the gospel is a, is obviously a big subject, um, but I think it's good news, right? Yes. Why is it good news? Um, it's good news because it exists outside of you, mm-hmm. right? In a world that says uh, the the problems exist out there. Right, and and the answer, the solution exists inside you. You just gotta find it. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's um, 
that sounds good. It sells out arenas and self-help right. books, but it's hopeless because once you look within, you, you find, you know, um, you, you don't find a whole lot that's, that's super helpful. But the, the, the law and the gospel tell us something very different. The law and the gospel tell us the problem actually exists inside you and the solution exists outside of you. And so the gospel says you don't need to look within, you look without uh, to, to Christ who did for you what you could never do for yourself. And, and he came all the way to us, right? He didn't stop short and say, okay, now I want to see a little bit of effort from you. Yeah, do your part. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Anyone want to add to that? Difference between the law and the... Or what is the gospel? Sorry. Why was it? Why was it given? I mean, it's hard to add to that. No, it is. I mean, that's yeah. a, the law. The law crushes us. Tells yeah. us that you know, it shows us that we're bad and that yeah. we have no hope. And the gospel does the exact opposite. It, it yeah. Does, yeah, it's which the is, which is what Ryan said. It does what we can't do for ourselves. Yeah, so it's the solution for those who yeah. break the law. Is yeah. basically yeah. basically yeah. what it what it is. And to answer the why question, you know, why was it given? Because we're all lawbreakers. There you go. You know, we, we need it. There you go. You know, yeah. it's it's our hope, the only hope that we have. Yeah. So even people that haven't murdered and haven't physically committed adultery and haven't lied or got drunk or they're, they're lawbreakers too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's just it. You know, when to go back to to the law, if we can do that for a second, um, and for an antinomian, you know, I do talk about the law quite a bit. Can, sort of, could you describe that real quick? <laughs> uh, it's just I was being funny, but. No, we uh, know he was being funny, but and tell him what an antinomian is. Strictly speaking, it's someone who believes the law doesn't apply in the life of, of a Christian. No. You know, anti-law. Yeah. Um, nomos being, you know, a Greek word for law, anti-law, basically. So the law doesn't have any place in the life of the Christian. Right. Um, and there's a lot of confusion about that. Yeah, it, I mean, we've had, we've probably logged the four of us, hunt like, a hundred hours on this conversation yeah. over the years, because we're all intrigued by law gospel. We all have a a very big, uh, I believe, understanding of the gospel, um, and 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 where the law begin, uh, uh, the value of the law. You know how far it goes. I think we all understand that, but when it when it gets into nuances of of uh, what the law maybe does now, if anything, in the life of the Christian, there can be some variations or some yeah. variants there. And, uh, and so I know we've had a lot of, we've logged a lot of hours on that over the years. What are some key differences? We've already gone here. What are some key differences just off the top of your head between the law and the gospel? I know it's a stupid question, but I think it's something that needs to be answered. So key differences between the law and the gospel. These two things are not the same. One's something we do, one's something God does. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That was just one, guys. Yeah, that was just one. Like, <laughs> we're just... We need more coffee today. <laughs> Something. There's no hope in the law. There's hope in the gospel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Anything else? We feel like one is bad news, one is good news. <laughs> yeah, there you go. One is sweet, I think one is the sour. law has a you know has an, a condition attached to it, right? I, I already hit on it a little bit. Sure. You know, yeah. it's if then if you do this, right. then uh -huh. you will get this. Where the gospel is unconditional. There you go. There, there's no strings attached mm -hmm. to the gospel. Right. Praise mm -hmm. God. Um, and, you know, a lot of times when when you talk about the law in these kind of terms, then people think, oh, well, the law isn't good. Right, right. right? It doesn't mean that it isn't good. 
It's just we have to understand what the purpose of the law is and what its limitations are. And I think also people hear the law and they, and they hear it from God and they assume, well, if God gave me something, then he must think that I can do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We have, especially in, in America, we have this notion that if God gives us something, then it must be because he thinks that we're capable right. of handling it. Well, it would be absurd if he asked us to do something that he knows we can't do. Exactly. Right. God would never give you more than you can handle. Right. Uh, and no, we can do all things in Christ all... who strengthens us. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We can do all things through a verse taken out of right. context. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, to, somebody brought it up earlier, but just the uh, um, you know, if then, you know, kind of mentality. Like everything in our life is based on that except our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you bring right. value to my life, then I'll be your friend, right? Or yep. we'll have a relationship. And so we, you know, it's really easy for us to, to kind of take that same sort of mentality, how we approach God. Sure. But, you know, if, if I do for God, then God owes me or he'll do for me. Right. Um, and that's a, a completely wrong way of thinking. But it's really easy for us to get there. This is important, even though it's simple, and I know it sounds stupid, what's the difference between the two? This is, this is important because there's people that have been Christians for years and years and years, or even all their lives, that read the same Bibles we do, but read them with no discernment between law and gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's a common misconception that if it's a if I'm reading red letters in this, yeah. that, um, that you know stuff that Jesus has spoken, that it's good for me, that it's gospel, yep. and it's something that I should aspire to. I don't know how many times we all know these people, uh-huh. these Christians, that will pull out a verse, that something that Jesus has spoken, and think, this is something I need to aspire to and go live this way, and it's completely uh, law. Right. Jesus spoke probably harder <clears throat> law than, than we see anywhere else in the Bible, especially when you get into parts of Sermon on the Mount. So the, the question is, why, why, why do we do it? Why do we make that mistake? Like, how do we help people understand when they're seeing law? And when they're seeing mm-hmm. gospel in their Bibles, no matter who's speaking it. Well, I think people are trying to wrap their mind around it. So they think, okay, well, the Old Testament, that's the law. Um, and the New Testament, that's the gospel, mm-hmm. right? And this is a way for me to sort of understand the Bible, sure. you know, in a, in a clean way. But, you know, the Old Testament is filled with the gospel, Mm-hmm. And the New Testament is filled with the law. Exactly. Jesus was, like you said, um, probably the best law preacher that there ever was. Mm-hmm. So Jesus didn't come to take weight off the law. He actually magnified the law. He added weight to it. Right. He said it's not just about your behavior and your actions. It's actually about your thoughts and your motivations. Right. Mm-hmm. right? It's not just out here. It's in here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah which kills a lot of things. And yet we seem to think, well, since Jesus said it, you know, because he'll even make, you know, commands. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we'll right. go, cool, like that's less than 10, that's two, and, and that's simple, right. I can do that. And, and the fact is that's still the law. Now, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I, the, we can't do it. It drives me crazy when I, when I hear people say, well, we just need to, you know, love God and love people. Right. Right, like that's that's the essence of Christianity, and you'll even hear pastors say that. You see that as like the, you know, mission statement of a church. Right, right? we just want to love God and love people. A is if that's simple, right. right? 
No, this was Jesus summing up the law. Right. And then B, as if that's the gospel, like if that's the message that you want to preach. Sure. <clears throat> no, that's that that doesn't save anybody. Right. That condemns you to hell. Sure. Right. We just want to love God and love people. Well, how are you doing with that? Right. If you think you're doing well with that, then you, you're deceiving yourself, right? Well, it, and it depends on your definition of love. I mean, the world has a pretty jacked up view of what love is, and that's maybe another discussion for another time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we don't even define love the right way. Right. 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 It's a feeling or kind of a mushy right. experience. Sure. Or, or even, yeah. you know, it's, it's a transactional or an if-then. You know, if right. you love me, I'll love you, right? Right. That's, that's not the way that God loves us. Right. I would say there is a sense in which I love God and love people. Um, could save you if you did it perfectly yeah and that's and that's what i think that's where we get deceived is that we start to think well i can do this you know okay i have you know not sure you've gotten rid of all these you know 600 and however many commandments there are now you boil it down to two well this is attainable so i can do this and that's why i think you see it in mission statements and stuff like that the problem is that you know yeah if that was our means of salvation we'd be in trouble there too right Uh, the good news is that jesus did that there you go and so we're trusting in what he's done on our behalf as though we have done that and that's that's the that's what the gospel is so. right and that's the fundamental shift when we start reading texts like this knowing under having, having a, a consciousness of law and gospel is that when we read a text like this love love god and love others and this is you know everything who's he talking about should be the question right. well he ain't talking about us he's talking about himself <laughs> right and so we need imputed or gifted to us that which he has accomplished because right. he's the one that's done that. So golden rule is another one. I hear it over and over again. What's Christianity about? You'll hear Christians say, it's all, it's all about the golden rule. Treat right, people right. like I want to be treated. Again, how, how are you doing with that? Right. It's law. Like right. It's not something that I, I'm sure it, it's something that you, you are falling into a deficit on. You know right. what I mean? It doesn't mean that it's, it's bad to want to love people, treat people the way that you want to be treated. No, that's a good thing, not. but you can't do it. Right. You know, there's only one that's done it. So. Horizontally, the way that we live our life amongst our neighbor, mm-hmm. this is a good way to live, mm-hmm. right? Sure. But vertically, if we think that this is in any way giving us some kind of approval before God, right. that's where we get into trouble. Sure. Right? Sure. <clears throat> I, I can treat you the way that I want to be treated because for, it's a means to an end, right? It's, just, it's how I live at peace on earth. It's, you know, like I, can, I can do that to an extent, right? But, but Jesus doubles down and says, like, love your enemies. Right. Right. I mean, there, there's no harder thing, I don't think, in all of Scripture than to love your enemies. And right. so it's not just, like, have warm fuzzies towards everybody, but, like, love your enemies, um, you know, the way that Christ loved his enemies. And the Bible right. tells us that while we were enemies, Christ died for us. Right. He did for us when we were against him. Right. Um, that, that, that's a big deal. Yeah. So if we were to, again, if we were to break this down, someone reading their scripture, even reading through, let's just say, the Sermon on the Mount, what would be a practical way for them to discern the difference between when they're hearing law or when they're hearing gospel? If it adds to your to-do list, um, it's, it's, it's law, but, it, right. but, but if you receive some of those things or declarations, right. um, promises, um, that's 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 gospel. Yeah. And so for me, if it's, if it's adding to my to-do list, it's law. If it's a some kind of a declaration God right. is making to be true about me now. Right. That's that's gospel. Okay. That would no, that that's that's helpful, okay. and that's actually yeah. what I'm looking for because yeah. I, I think that that people aren't taught this. People aren't taught taught a, a you know Christ-centered hermeneutic when they read their scriptures, which is part of what we try to do here. But there's so many people that have no idea that have been reading their Bible for so long 
that they can be looking at these verses all as gospel just because, you know, Jesus said them. So yeah. I need to do them, and this is what's going to make God happy with me. And it's like they don't understand that, no, he's happy with you because you had nothing to do with <laughs> with making you righteous. You know what I mean? Um, he goes on, he'll, he'll make other statements like, Come to me, all you who are weary and weighed down, and I will give you rest. Would you look at that and go, that's law or gospel? And why? I mean... To me, that's that's gospel because yeah. it's telling me to go out outside. It's telling me to go somewhere <clears throat> to receive something I need, rather than to, to reach deeper, right? To try to find it. And it's right? a declaration, not a to do. Yeah, yeah, right. Exa- exactly. So, yeah. um, let's trip this out a little bit, just slightly here, because we are getting into areas where you you talked about the horizontal, or, sorry, the vertical. And the, hor- the horizontal and horses, the vertical. Horses run this way. <laughs> Is that how you were taught? I think I've heard that. Yeah. So a lot of times. Just helping you out. Let's see. How That's do we... way easier than thinking of the horizon for horizontal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are both good. I'll have to remember those. Um, there is a sense where we don't want to just look at, we don't want to look at the declarations of God and who he is, his holiness, his righteousness, and go, well, that's bad. Because it's not bad. We're bad, which is what makes that a challenge. So there are, there, we are encouraged as Christians, as people who have Christ dwelling in us, uh, to uh, chase after what's good and to walk in what's good, not for approval or acceptance, but because we have been approved and accepted. So we can start talking about, instead of vertical, horizontal, we've mentioned imperatives and indicatives, indicatives right? So where do those come in. Um, what's an imperative or an indicative in Scripture, and how do we reconcile those things in light of a law gospel understanding or framework? Uh, an indicative tells you who you are, and an imperative tells you what to do. Yeah. And so um, I think, generally speaking, we, we, what we try to get those in the opposite order. Mm-hmm. So that's what you'll find in te- you know, places that are teaching law or moralisms, like do all these things, mm-hmm. and then you will attain to this you know, to, to pleasing God or to becoming a Christian. And Christianity is the only religion, in my opinion, that says um, this is who God has made you, therefore now, you, you know, this is now what I want you to do. But that has to happen first. Right. So that's how I would. So it's kind of a cart before the horse thing. Yeah. This is why I think so many people miss Christianity or don't, just simply don't understand it, why the, why the gate is narrow that leads to life, so to speak, is because it's completely the opposite of the way we're wired, you know, by nature to, to look at things, you know, um, which is what we've been talking about all morning. But yeah, I mean, I, I now uh, desire to to truly love others as Christ has loved me because Christ has loved me rather than if I do this, he will love me. Right. 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 So that's kind of the difference. And this is what we see mostly in a lot of epistles to the church in our Bibles, you know. Actually, when, my passage on Sunday, I, I already yeah, last week, I'm teaching to this week, but it's, it's you know, he states who we are in Christ, what God has done, you know, chosen before him in the foundation, you know, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, all these things, and he says, therefore, brothers, stand firm yeah. and, and, and hold on to the things that you've been taught. Right. So, you you know, you you always have to look for the indicative, I think, first, this is the, the reality of what God has called, he, is, he has declared me to be righteous, he has declared me to be holy in his son. Right. And because of that, these things, you know, yeah. Yeah. are things that I can do now. Uh, don't don't have to, right. but I like to, you know get to, and yes. and hopefully want to because he's in me, you know, and that's that's the difference. Before I, I didn't want to please him; I wanted to please myself, but 
that's changed. Sure. And I, it's a result of him, not a result of me. But right. But I, that's where we get into you know um, third use stuff. I think. Right. Which I don't know if we're going to talk about or not. But well, I, I wasn't even going to call it law. I was just calling it indicatives and imperatives. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. It's just to keep us. You know what I mean? Okay. So, uh, but we do see that everywhere, right? We see, we see. Um, the order right in scriptures. We see gospel being established and then what's able to flow out of right. gospel, right? Instead of the other way around. Romans is the perfect example for me. The whole book, the first 11 chapters, he establishes Christ for us. Nothing on our own, you know, him. And then we get to 12 and it's like, I appeal to you, therefore, as a result of the gospel being established, the work of Christ, by the mercies of God, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, da 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 And so you kind of see this, you know, one before the other. Um, but I think it's important that people, you know, at, at least acknowledge an imperative and indicative reality in our scriptures, because otherwise there's a lot of confusion that can happen when people read their scriptures, right? So yeah. that's where I think a lot of the mix-up comes from. <clears throat> kind of thinking back just to the example of, of enemy love that, you know, apart from the gospel, like who, who, who would love their enemy, right? Your enemy is your enemy because they've wronged you, you know, in some, some way. Um, it's only because of belief in the gospel and faith in Christ that, that we have any motivation to love our enemy at all. And, and that's like, you got to get that, the order of that right, mm -hmm. right? The indicative is rooted or the imperative is rooted in the indicative. Um, I mean, it's just a supernatural work of God that we can even do something like that. Sure. Absolutely. Do you want to add to that at all, right? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think that if you change the name of the law, it does it's still the <laughs> right. law, right? right? And so, I don't know that for me that I found that to be terribly helpful. Sure. Um, but you know, I come back to uh, the, and I know we may have some some uh, difference of opinion here, and that's okay. Yes, that's what but, this table's for. <clears throat> right. Uh, but I come back to the, the nature of a Christian, right? And I, I think the Bible makes it very clear that the Christian is a dual-natured soul. Uh, Paul talks about this battle that's being waged, right? Call it a civil yep. war within between the old man who, who is uh, called the flesh, right? Our sin nature, it's who we are, and, and our new man in Christ. Mm -hmm. And and so um, the sinner and the saint, uh, the law and the gospel work with these two natures. And so the law uh, preaches to the old man and shows him his sin and who he is apart from Christ. The gospel preaches to the new man and so the old man, when he hears the law, again, he hears a prescription mm -hmm. for how he can do this. Uh, but it, it leads to death. The law always accuses. Um, I don't think the law ever ceases to do that. Right. Um, but we have to maintain that. I think good theology is about distinctions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and you can look at that throughout basically all Christian doctrine it, there's there's distinctions being made and so the distinction between the law and the gospel really has to do with the distinction between the sinner and the saint mm -hmm. and then the distinction between the two kingdoms 
Chad alluded to it, uh, the, the, this world, this horizontal world, it's run by the law. That's what we're used to. Everything that we deal with in life is an if-then paradigm. Sure. Everywhere we turn. Uh, and that's why it's so important as the church, whatever iteration that is, um, as Christians one to another, that we are being faithful to proclaim the gospel because they're not the the person that we're talking to or preaching to uh, is not going to hear it anywhere else. They're not going to hear it on the radio. They're not going to hear it on television. They're probably not going to hear it from their spouse very often. Sure. Right. Right. So our task as believers is to be faithful that once the law has done its work, that we don't then give them good advice or three steps to then how to, you know, take care of this this problem they're having, that we actually proclaim the gospel to one another. Um, and, and I do think that that also gets to potentially like a wrinkle in this whole thing. And that is um, that law and gospel distinction, while it is and can be a hermeneutic, it's also more complicated than that. Agreed. Um, and and, it's, and that's where our hundreds of hours of discussion have come in. Right. Is in the complications of a simple, nicely packaged yeah. system. Yeah. And, you know, that's why Luther said that really only the Holy Spirit distinguishes law and gospel sure. perfectly. Right? We don't do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean by this is take the first commandment. Uh you shall have no other gods before me, right? Clearly law, right? We're, we're, we're being given something to do, abstain from idolatry. Um, and so here's the law, and it condemns us, it accuses us, we are idolaters. Um, but heard differently, mm-hmm. there's actually a promise. Mm-hmm. You shall have no other gods before me. There's a promise, right? Jesus will vanquish all rival thrones. He will remove all idols from our life. He will be for us what we could never be for ourselves. So the law and the gospel, in some ways, it's it's the emphasis and it's the way it's being heard. Sure. And so there are times where people need to hear that first command as the law, right? And it needs to accuse them and it needs to drive them to Christ. Mm but then they need to then be told and proclaimed the gospel, right? right? And so um, I don't see the law and the gospel ever functioning outside of that, mm-hmm. even for the believer. It doesn't change. So what about all these imperatives? Right. Uh, like I said, I believe these imperatives are a description of who Christ is for us. Christ is our sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, for us what we could never be for ourselves. A good tree does bear fruit. And so if we see in our life um, a lack of fruit, a lack of discipline, a lack of victory over sin, um, it's an identity issue. It's an issue of I'm identifying uh, more with my old man 
instead of dying to the old man and to the law, mm-hmm. this is Romans 7, mm-hmm. because we're, we're these things simultaneously. Mm-hmm. We're both the dead husband that Paul describes, and we're the surviving wife. And the dead husband is still in our ear, right? The law is still in our ear, and we live under that. Um, and the, the, the new man in Christ, um, it's by faith. Our life is hid with Christ, and we don't see that, right? What we see is the old man. That's really what our reality is, what we experience. And so sometimes we wrongfully believe that that's actually who we are. <laughs> and, and given enough, um, you know, identifying with that, we can actually be living a life that looks nothing like the life of Christ. Sure. So, so that's my question. That would be my next question is if you've got someone that's struggling, they come to you as a pastor, they're not having victory in areas, they're wondering what the heck's up. There's an identity issue. We know that. What would, how, how, do, you, how do you then uh, hand them a glass of water in that? Like what's your recommendation to them? Yeah. What, what do they do now? I mean, obviously if they're coming to you, yeah. Then the law's doing its work, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Because they're not coming to you more than likely to celebrate their sin. Right. Or or right. not coming to you because right. they're indifferent to it. Right. <laughs> they're coming so they, because they're they're aware of it. So they care. Mm-hmm. There's guilt. There's right. shame. And so at that point, the law has done its work. Yeah. And sure. They, and and they they do need the gospel. Right. That's that's the vertical. Sure. Right. I would never want to give them the impression that hey. Um, if you could just overcome this thing, right. then everything between you and God would be okay. Oh, for sure. Right. right? Yeah. Now it leads to, okay, there's a horizontal issue here, mm-hmm. right? This sin is impacting their life, potentially their relationships, maybe with their wife, with their kids, with coworkers. Um, so perhaps they, they need some actual professional help if it's a substance abuse issue or or some kind of addiction. Would right? that be saying that the gospel isn't enough if they go get professional? Well, the gospel's enough vertically. Yeah, sure. But sure. is the gospel enough to solve their problems right. horizontally? Right. I, I don't know that that's a fair way to to describe it, mm-hmm. right? Because then it, then it puts it on them. Like, hey, if you just believe the gospel right. enough... Right, right. 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 Yep. Then you'd be okay. You wouldn't be doing these drugs, or you wouldn't be looking at porn, right. or whatever. Right. Right. So that that puts it all back on them. Now they walk away with all this guilt, right. like, oh, you know what? I don't believe Jesus. This is all, this is all me here. And um, if I just believed more, that that's that's almost like um, you know, word of faith kind of stuff. Yeah. Sure. Right. So the the vertical. It is enough, right? Um, you mean ultimately? Ultimately, It is yeah. enough ultimately. Because, I mean, the, the sin that they're struggling with doesn't in any way make God love them less than he already does. And if they overcame the sin, he doesn't love them uh, more. Sure. Although we, we don't right. always think that. Right. right. We probably most of the time don't think that way. Like we think the opposite of that. Right. God's mad at me because of what I've done. Or right. So they need that. They need to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. But then it then it comes to, well, I still have this this struggle. I still have this issue. I still don't see the fruit 
in my life. So how, how does that come about? Well, Jesus said that a good tree will bear good fruit. Right. And so let's, let's first of all get you understanding who you are in Christ, right? But then there's some deep-seated, uh, perhaps psychological um, patterns in their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do need help, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that I, sometimes pastors think that uh, it's their job to fix everybody, sure. right? <laughs> sure. And, and what, what is the role of a pastor, I think the primary role of the pastor is to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. Sure. Um, and, and not necessarily to fix everybody's problems. Sure. There might be uh, other people who are actually better at that from a horizontal mm-hmm. standpoint. Gosh, that's a whole other subject. As you yeah. were talking about that, I started <laughs> thinking about all these other questions. It's like, no, that's a whole other subject. So, um, Did you guys want to speak to that real quick or you go with that? Thank you for all that, yeah. by the way, Ryan. Um, I mean, yes, but yeah. when it comes to the, um, the, the role of law again, yeah. I, I understand um, once it is finished, it's taken place, right. Jesus' work on the cross, yeah. then the if-then dynamic goes away mm-hmm. for, for the Christian. Mm-hmm. So there is no longer if I do this, then vertically, God, yeah. you know, that, that's yeah, gone. gone. But there still is um, a practical way that we live mm-hmm. as a new creation right. Um, right. filled with the Holy Spirit that, that these imperatives now that are given, I don't believe are law. I believe they're they're an act of worship. I agree. I don't believe they're I law. I believe they're either. walking yeah. in newness of life. Yeah. And it's only possible because of the work of Christ. Right. But I wouldn't I wouldn't classify that as law. And I think right. that's one of the things we we've you know talked about and yeah. may, may differ on. Yeah. Um, and so it's not a have to, it's a get to, it's right. an act of worship, it's it's whatever you want to call it. It doesn't change my standing with God. It doesn't improve my standing with God. Right. It doesn't do anything like that. But I do believe that when Jesus, even in the Great Commission, when he said, teach them to obey all that I've commanded, right. um, th- there's an element of that where we do need to let people know that these things do lead horizontally to life. You know, these, these will make your life better. These are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. they, 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 as an act of worship, it does seem to me that this is something that matters to God. Sure. And so to, 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 to make this part of our salvation, part of the if then right. dynamic, totally wrong. Right. Um, but I don't want to just classify all of that as law. Sure. Um, because that, to me, it... it, it it does something. I don't know. I'm, I'm babbling now, so I'll stop. No, I, I get. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. I think you understand it too. We've had this conversation. Um, I, like I wouldn't classify it as law either. That's kind of why I call it imperatives and indicatives in, instead. Even though you know, not to masquerade it in another name, you know. But um, like I, I, I see with it when we're born again in Scripture over and over again. Like, um, like our greatest issues once for all been taken care of, obviously. But there's also. Uh, just the fact that it's called being born again, that, that something that from outside of us has now come into us that wasn't ever there. Mm-hmm. And it changes desires and, and even abilities to walk through things or want to do things right. in a way, so even the motivation can be changed that you never wanted to before. Well, and the sinner-saint dynamic yeah. is, is absolutely a absolutely. real, yeah. a real yeah. thing. Yeah, for sure. There are times when I love holiness now, for sure. when I never did before. For sure. There are times when I love sin now, right. which sure. is, you know, and I know which one's speaking in my ear at that point. Right. But but I didn't love holiness before at right. all. Right. But now I, I actually 
sometimes I love the things that my father loves. I, I do and too. I love people yeah. in a way that I didn't. And yeah. I, I can't right. explain that apart. And it doesn't Agreed. feel like a burden. Agreed. It's not a weight on my back. Right. It's just it's God's right. work. It's just God's yeah. work. And you can attribute it to yourself when you know that you have that. You right. cannot attribute no, it to yourself. Not, if you know that you're actually at, at times lining up with with loving holiness and righteousness for what it is yeah. and knowing that you didn't used to, you know that that's something foreign. You, yeah, you know that right. that's only something that he's able to produce and you're not something that you can produce. Right. Um, I want to, we're almost done. I want to switch gears real quick um, to evangelism in this. Do you want to say something else? I just want, Dude, I just, go ahead. This, this popped up on Monergism yesterday and it was just, it, it, it fit what we're talking about. And so I, I'm just going to, I'm going to read it and you guys can say something or not say anything. And it may open up a can of worms, but I don't think so. <laughs> it says this, moralists trust in personal yeah, holiness instead of Christ. The antinomian emphasizes freedom over holiness, but those who trust in Christ alone have been freed by grace unto holiness, which flows from their union with right. him. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of... It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there would be no holiness apart from Christ. For sure. Right. So For it, sure. Wouldn't even, it wouldn't exist. So For if sure. you see any of that in us, we know where it came from. Sure. Yep. Um, but, but both the moralist and the antinomian, um, I believe, error. Sure. And so, so they each that, go that, too far. That off, last off statement, yeah. we know where it comes from. We know right. who it is. We know what it's a result of. Not us, him. For sure. But it still is something that should be present in the life. And I know you've said that you you don't disagree with with that. You know, um, no. So. It's a matter of emphasis. Yeah, sure. It is. And and so we've, yeah. we've talked about it. Um, but from where I'm coming from, it is why this whole issue of law and gospel is not so cut and dry. Right. Um, and, and it is a matter of emphasis uh, because if we are talking about the imperatives, mm -hmm. which I would say is the law, right. when we're talking about that, um, and we're talking about it in a way that accuses, uh -huh. right? Uh, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. Well, I hear that as a... Um, I hear that as law, yeah. and I fall miserably short, whether I'm a Christian or not. Sure. Right? It doesn't change. Sure, for right? sure. I'm condemned by that. And and so the old man wants to hear that as, okay, uh, now how do I go about doing this? Yeah. Where the new man in Christ needs to hear this as uh, a description of who Christ is for your wife, that you can never be, and mm -hmm. and who he is for you, mm -hmm. and so there's a distinguishing uh, factor here that as a preacher you preach these imperatives that that are the New Testament is full of, not as a, a prescription, right? You you preach them for what they are, and they ought to accuse, and they ought to drive the sinner to Christ, right. and then you preach. Christ as everything for the sinner. He's also your sanctification. He is your holiness. And so this is not putting them on some kind of road of progress sure. that with enough effort you can actually do this. Yeah. And so to me, these things are preached to the Christian and non-Christian uh, in the same way. Yeah. But what if when you hear the, the love your wife, instead of it being um, law, it, it becomes a blessing? Now, So when I hear that now... It's it's like I'm excited about that idea. So that's where I believe the difference. And is. that's that's so it doesn't have to between be. the believer and the non-believer. Like law is still law for both in in ways specifically too, whether you're a believer or a non-believer. But this this is where maybe the argument is on the on a third 
use uh, is is that the, the believer once again has been born again. He's he's been changed. Yeah. Uh, his heart. He's been given a new heart. He's been given new desires. Not that he doesn't ever struggle with the right. old one. And so I I think that that love your wife as Christ loved the church can absolutely be seen and taken and used differently for the believer than the non-believer without it being law. Yeah. Um, well, and it can be used both. It can be used as something that, oh, this yeah. stinks for a believer, yeah. and this is awesome. For but this is where I told Ryan I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. go today, so okay. we're I'm almost sorry. out of time well, anyway. I didn't, so. I, didn't say, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> sure. No, everything you said, like I, I do love the clarity uh, that you speak with on law gospel, and um, I like, I, I, like it's valuable. Like what you're talking about, um, and what your understanding is is something that the church, like every every believer, needs to understand. It. Right. The church needs to understand it better. We haven't been taught it well. It hasn't been um, a distinction that's been well made mm. from our pulpits and our leaders, and it needs to be. And that's why we're talking about it today, and that's why we brought you on. So thank yeah. you. Uh, in in closing, uh, we're all familiar with Way of the Master, Ray Comfort. What do you what do you think about the way he he systematically witnesses to people with law and gospel? Is that is that fair? Is it good? Is it used right? It's a this is not a, a trick question. It's a bit of a one-size-fits-all thing. A little bit. But, but, I, but I do appreciate the fact that he comes at people who think they're morally good with law to show them that they fall short of the standard of God, the holiness. If holiness is the, you know, he must be this holy to get on this ride, if that's the standard. Sure. And he, he's bringing in the law. That's what you need to bring somebody. Sure. But there are, there are people out there that are already crushed that already understand their depravity and, and right. their worthlessness, and they need maybe to hear about the love so of God. So they don't need to take a test, a Ten Commandment test at that point, <laughs> yeah. right? So, so yeah, there's times when I need, you know, the law is the absolute right um, thing to bring. Yeah. But there are times also, you know, I mean, there's some people that are just won over by knowing that there's there's a God who loves them and sent Jesus to, you know, they're already crushed. Right. So so if somebody's already crushed, right. you know, maybe the law is not the best Right. Tool in the tool bag at that point. Which is what Ryan yeah. spoke to, which is exactly what you talked to earlier. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I think it's good for us to to be mindful of this when we're witnessing with people. Is what what is it that God has already done with them? <laughs> what what yeah, stage right. are they at in their um, let's just say conversion? You know, are they are they already like do they full well know already that they're they're complete sinners before God. Like, are they, are they already crushed? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, If they're not, if they think they're a pretty good person, which is 95% of the people yeah, that you're going to witness to when you come across, then they should probably take a test of some sort. It doesn't have to look yeah. at, like that, but they need, they need uh, to know that they fall short of the glory of God. And so it's our job to give them law yeah. at that point. But, if, but if, they, uh, if they own it and they know that they have a rap sheet, um, then they, they absolutely need gospel. They don't need more yeah. law. They need life. So. Mm-hmm. so, so maybe rather than looking at that as good or bad, it's, yeah. it's just not always helpful. It's not always helpful. It, well, we need to we need to pay attention to where right. these people are at. Like, be sensitive to that and discerning right. to uh, where God has that person that He's put. It's in possible us. that they do that. By the way, I, I've only sure. seen the, the videos where He goes out. And I have I have right. seen them like I have seen them where like the people seem like already uh, humbled and a bit corrupt. Like they know something's wrong with them, and it's like let's take the test anyway, and it's like stop. Like, yeah. let's not take the test. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if he does it all the time, but I've seen a couple where it's yeah. like, dude, like, gospel right now. 
gospel right now. No case more law. Case race gospel. <laughs> case race conference. Tune in. I just wanted to make sure we give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You're all right, dude. He probably it. does tune into our a podcast. Lot, a lot I'm of sure, I'm sure he likes it. He's a G. <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, I mean, evangelism. Yeah. When I was growing, you know, the way that I was taught was basically to like to win an argument. Yeah, sure. You know, engage in an argument with people and win the argument, and like you're going to argue their way to Christ. And I don't, I don't know that you know very few people I'm sure in history have ever come to Christ as a result of losing an argument or right. proving how wrong they are. Right. Um, but that's I think it's what a lot of us have been taught. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a really good point to bring up is, is what we're trying to say is that uh, the law and the gospel is used both by God to bring uh, sinners to salvation. Right. Um, and it's, it's not about winning an argument. Right. And then whoever seemed to have the best answers at the end of it won. Like, that doesn't work. It doesn't save anybody. Like, so we need, we need to consider how law and gospel is intended by God for right. um, the people who he's saving. And then, uh, you know, use those weapons properly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, anything else? Fart, par, farting words. Parting words. I'm having troubles this morning, man. My head's just swimming. So, uh, any, anything that needs to be said? To piggyback on what you're saying, uh, you know, Jesus gave us the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. In terms of evangelism, um, I think we need to to just simply be very willing uh, to to deliver the goods, mm-hmm. right? And so when we hear confession and we need to, uh, I think a big part of evangelism is attuning our ear to hearing sure. people's confession. Right. And once we hear that, we know the law has already done its work. We don't have to give them a test or right. even really ask them a whole lot of questions. We can very confidently proclaim the gospel mm-hmm. to them. And the Bible actually says that it's that proclamation that creates faith, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So we don't have to ask them, do you believe this? Do you want to say a prayer? Do you want to give your heart to Jesus? Do you want to do that, right? We, we can just proclaim it, and the Bible says it produces faith. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful and, thing. And we don't have to hold that back. We can give it away for free. Mm-hmm. And people, not ask work. Us What's that? Alter, people ask us about why we don't do altar calls a lot, yeah. and that's, that's the answer. That's, that's why. why. When, you, when you proclaim the gospel, it does its work. Yeah. Right. You know, it yeah. does it, and it's cool to know that it does. Yeah. So. That's right. Either faith occurs or it yeah. doesn't yeah. Right. by the proclamation yeah. of the gospel. So just right. we keep proclaiming it week yep. after week after week after week, and, yep. yeah. and we're not going to stop. Yep. That's right. Right on. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Ryan, thank you for yeah, joining us. Yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. We'll try yeah. to find da- down the road in the future a subject that is not in your wheelhouse, and then we'll have you on again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sounds great. I look forward cool. to it. Bring you on, praise Thank you. Father, thank you so much for uh, the gospel and, and the, the glorious message that it is to sinners. Lord, we just can't believe that um, you provided a way for us to be forgiven for, of our sins and, and to be in relationship with you. And, and so, Lord, thank you. Um, help us to proclaim that message faithfully. Help us, Lord, to understand the dynamic of, of these complicated things in a way that would um, bring glory to your name and also bring fruit to our lives. And so uh, give us more opportunities, we pray, to, to proclaim salvation, the gospel, the work of Christ, to the people around us who are hopeless right now. And, and uh, thank you that you've given us uh, this mission as a church. And we get to take part in what you're doing. And uh, we pray for just more opportunities in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us all.
Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org. Thank you.